0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 43 of the Masterclass. I am Cam, he is Dave, and you are welcome here. Welcome. Wow, good job but- Dave. That was <laughs> heartfelt. <laughs> good to be with everybody. It is. This is our post-Christmas, pre-New Year's show. Yes. It's- and a year ago today, Dave, we were still in the, oh my gosh, we're actually going to do a podcast <laughs> mode trying to figure out what in the world was going to happen. I don't remember the day that we actually decided we were going to do it. I don't I think that me. was much earlier in December, but we are quickly coming upon our one-year anniversary as podcast talkers. Yes. I think that's what we're called, right? Or just podcasters, probably. Yeah. You seem really thrilled to be here. <laughs> it was a long day. Sorry. Yes, David, interviewed people today. And no, he did not tase them, even though I specifically asked him to. So that was not, I guess, part of the deal. But this is episode 43, and we are happy to be here. And this is our last episode for the year 2015. Our next episode will be episode 44, so it will be Dave's golden episode. And it will be uh, our first episode of our second year doing this. So who knew we'd ever get here? That's crazy. I think when we both started this, it was a, sure, why not? And it's still kind of a sure, why not, but we've been doing it. So I'm excited to see what year number two holds. And um, before we dive in to our text today, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone um, that has written and emailed and tweeted and um, called or uh, text messaged just their ideas, though some people, you know, have been, well, a lot of people have been very encouraging, but some people have challenged us on certain things and asked very um, poignant questions that have that have, you know, led to a lot of off-air discussion between Dave and I. And um, I just want to say, on behalf of both Dave and I, that it's been incredibly cool to engage with the people that listen to the show, um, and we've learned a lot based on the questions that you've asked and the, the challenges that you've thrown our way and you've caused us to think about why we believe certain things. And that's really what we wanted when we started this. So the fact that that has happened um, is really, really cool. And we just appreciate the fact that, that you guys and girls listen and that some of you guys interact back with us. I think it's just super awesome, and I'm just really, really grateful for that.
1: Yeah, and nobody's told us to not do it, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, let's not start that trend.
1: Nobody said you guys really just need to stick to your day jobs. Yeah. And
0: that's what if this was a karaoke show, Dave, I'm sure this would have been shut down a long time ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess we could still do it. People just wouldn't listen, but apparently people still do. So we appreciate that very much. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't write any questions for today's episode. No so it's kind of uncharted territory for here. the first time ever, tonight's show is going to be completely improved, which could go a number of ways, but I think we're just gonna go for it, yeah, and start talking about the Bible, but before we do, David, uh-huh. why don't you tell our fine listeners how they might get in contact with us if they do have questions or comments or concerns or? They want to send us um, a stuffed animal. If they
1: want to, well, uh, they can send us a tweet at Masterclass FM, and that would be to the show. They can reach you at Cam Brennan, and they can reach me at ten eight HBO. That's T E N number eight HBO, and then uh, we can also get email Masterclass FM at gmail.com.
0: All right. Check out the show notes. Ooh, the final piece. It's very important. Very important.
1: At masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 43.
0: Since we are at episode number 43. Yeah. We have a lot of posts on our website, Dave. Now these are not just any show notes folks. No, these are, these are artisanally crafted (laughs) mind to computer show notes. No artificial preservatives, no link clickbait, (laughs) none of that. This is just pure, unadulterated show notes. Take you straight to the source of what we're talking about. Yep. And occasionally some fun videos that are applicable, but we throw them in there just because we're nice. It's very entertaining. I stay up very late. You should. I know.
1: (laughs) Cam spends a lot of time on them.
0: We record on Tuesday nights and we release Wednesday mornings. But it's okay, because my wife's in bed by the time I get home, so I might as well do something productive other than play video games, right? This is true, yes. Yeah. All right, and on that life lesson, <laughs> I do believe it's time that we turn to our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. Would you like me to read? I would love for you to read.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're at Matthew twelve thirty through 32, and it says, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come.
0: All right, so we got a short passage here, Mm -hmm. but it is not short on head-scratchers or potentially confusing language. Right. So... This is all, I was going to say, let's start with what Jesus said, but all three of these verses are just pure red text. So this is what he said. So perhaps we can start with the first verse and try and get an idea of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And then perhaps from there we can go on to what it actually means. So whoever is not with me is against me. This seems pretty straightforward. Right. Right. You're either for me or against me. It's as if he's drawing a line in the sand. There in, in Jesus' eyes, there is no gray area here. You're either with me or you are against me. There is no, to use another Bible phrase, lukewarmness. You're either hot or you're cold, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. This idea that, that God does not want us to be lukewarm, that the, the options are you are for him or you are against him. Mm-hmm. And this idea that we can be kind of in the gray area is a total sham that Satan tries to offer us Mm -hmm. because if we're undecided, then we're really just kind of useless, right? Yes. So whoever's not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. This is this the same idea. Is this the same idea? Yeah, I, I, I would have
1: to say it's the same idea. Um, and that's you know, again, it, both the people, the the disciples, and the and the people that are are gathering to follow Jesus. We're still pretty early on in all of this, and so I think there's an element of people are still kind of, is he who he says he is, or do has he really even set You know, I, I think people are still sort of like in those beginning stages of. Uh, Jesus being the Messiah, Jesus being God, and
0: so. Well, I, I don't even want to give them that credit because even his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion were like, <laughs> "Oh crap, we were so we missed the boat so hard on this one." Yeah. The people that were with him through all of this totally missed what was happening. Mm-hmm. And is it possible that one of the you know thousands of people that saw him do miracles caught on quickly? Sure. Mm-hmm. But we have no way of knowing that. And people are certainly, as you said, trying to figure out who he is. But I don't know if any of them have said, oh, he's the Messiah. Like, because of what we talked about last week and the, the Jewish messianic expectations right. and, and how Jesus was so not what they expected, which is why, as we said again, Judaism is still a thing. Right. And I say thing not to be disrespectful. Judaism is still a world religion yeah, with many, many, many followers. That is still a thing because the way that Jesus came and acted on earth was so different from what they expected the Messiah to be that they just decided he wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I cannot see how people would look at Jesus and go, oh, he's the Messiah, because of how those closest to him reacted when everything went south that one night back then. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and so I guess that's kind of the, you know, Jesus saying, you're either with me or you're against me. I, I don't know, is there a little bit of people going... So, what <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> well, yeah, that I mean,
0: that sort of um declaration is made by somebody in charge, right? Mm-hmm. If uh, the intern at your giant corporation's like, you're either former or your grants me, you're like, you're an intern, dude, see you later, like, mm-hmm. we're not like it doesn't matter, right? But if it's the CEO of the company and there's a big shakeup going on and he's saying, you're either on my side or you're on this guy's side, that carries a lot more weight to it, mm-hmm. right? And I love the imagery that is um, posted here at the end of verse 30. It says, "Whoever does not gather with me scatters it, it it kind of paints this picture of my people are gathering, we're coming together, we are building a team, we are strong because we're gathering, but if you're against me, you're just kind of scattered, you're out running, you're you know the, the fight is lost, you're, you're getting away. And so it paints this picture of, well, we're either enemies or we're friends, and guess what? My friends are gathering. We're a building. Mm-hmm. We and, and my enemies are are scattered and they're they're not organized. They're not. They're just kind of lost. Yeah. And I think it's a very a very strong image in eight words. He's kind of good like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you know I, I think too as we're discussing this, like you mentioned, I think we need to have the context too of of what we talked about last week, which was earlier in the verse of, um, while they may not have acknowledged him as the Messiah. There's definitely a sense of, you know, a house divided cannot stand and him making it very clear that, you know, you can't say that Satan drives out Satan. It's, it's one or the other. So there's, there's definitely just not this, um, you're, you're either with, with me or you're against me, but there's definitely this sense of you're either with God or you're against God, whether they acknowledge him as the Messiah or not.
0: Well, and even even the juxtaposition of a house divided against itself will fall, but I am a dividing line in the universe. You are either for me or against me. Mm-hmm. Like that is very powerful in and of itself. Yes. And and then again you get the you know, a house that is divided is is going to fall and break and scatter, and a house that is not divided is going to gather and be strong. And so these these ideas in in last week's episode and this week's episode very much Um, build on one another, but also draw attention to what bad divisiveness is and what good divisiveness is, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, bad divisiveness being a house that's divided, you know, family that's fighting and drawing sides. Whereas God's saying, "I, I came to separate, you know, father from son and mother from daughter to be the dividing line of this side is with me and this side is against me. And I never really thought about it that way until now. Yes, you bring you bring ideas out of me, Dave. I don't know if they're they're right or they're good, but you bring them out. So,
1: well, and I think you know that's uh, again that's one of the reasons why we're doing what we're doing is is bringing these ideas out, and I think we humbly bring those before God and say, you know, show us if this is not, um, you know, because I think that's pretty sincere, pretty genuine of. And God's gonna meet us in that place. If we're if we're being sincere and genuine and seeking Him or going God, I don't know. I'm I'm wrestling with this. I'm trying to figure this out. So
0: Yeah, definitely. I I'm I've been wrong already multiple times today. I'm sure I'll be wrong again before I go to bed. <laughs> and that's okay. Yes. Because you know what? I'm not the smartest man on the planet, Dave. I don't even think I'm in like the conversation for like the Bottom of the runners, 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 runners up. That's a thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know I'm not.
0: See, my, I, I equate my intelligence to my middle school track career.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Let me paint a picture for you, fine listeners. When I was in middle school, uh, I, what, my seventh grade English teacher had us write a note to ourselves that he mailed, us, mailed to us when we graduated. So I, I opened this letter, my seventh grade self. Hi, future Cam. First thing, I am five foot four and one hundred and forty-five pounds. Couple that with freckles, braces, bleached hair that turned orange because my mom's whole family has red hair and is Scottish, and pimples. Nice. It was it, middle school was not great for me, Dave. So I decided naturally. I'm a pure athlete. I'll go out for track. They put me on the one hundred yard dash. I was in so far, uh, or so much of the last heat that I was running against one other kid and he (laughs) was on my own track team. There wasn't, so every meet that I ran the 100 in, it was me versus this other kid and nobody else. It was the most awkward, like all the other kids that were good and mediocre and okay had gone. And then it was (laughs) like, Oh, you two can go run your race now. (laughs) It was so bad. That is how did, I view Did you beat the other kid? <laughs> I did. I, I did beat him, but by the slimmest of margins. Um, so when I think of all the great thinkers in the world, I put myself in that very, very last heat of, I like to read your books. Can I run the race too? <laughs> so anyways, hopefully that that scars you for life as much as it did me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I didn't run track. I was smart enough to just avoid. Gee, it all thanks, the <laughs> Dave. You're just so encouraging,
0: my friend. Ah, anyways, um, let's move on, mm-hmm. please, because now I'm just reliving all of the bad things about middle school. The late '90s were a scary time, Dave. Anyways, all right, verse 31. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. People seems generous. Yes, it does. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Okay, let's dive in. Yes. So, every si- what is blasphemy? Let's start there. That's a big word that people might not be totally familiar with.
1: Uh, boy, I don't know if I know what blasphemy is. I don't know if I know a definition. What, what would you say blasphemy is?
0: I would say that blasphemy is speaking against God.
1: Okay. I can agree with
0: that. In a very general sense. I think that when you start, when you get really to the, the intent of blasphemy is that you were trying to obscure the truth about God. Yeah. So, uh, like a lot of people will, um, oh, see that might be more of a heresy than blasphemy. I think I'm getting the two confused. Yes, I will say, definitively, I'm taking a stand, Dave. (laughs) See, this is what happens when we don't have show notes. Um, (laughs) Blasphemy is speaking against the truth of God. Uh, So when we say God is not real, Mm -hmm. that is a form of blasphemy. When we say Jesus did not die for your sins because you are blank, that is blasphemy. Mm where, where I get confused with heresy is that heresy, I, I believe, tries to obscure the truth of God. Like people that think that Jesus was all God and not human, and he was just an illusion mm-hmm. to people. That's that's heresy, because it takes part of the truth and obscures the right. other part of it. So that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, I think blasphemy is a blatant attempt to speak against God and his truth in a way that is going to cause other people to fall away from God. Uh,
1: yeah, I would agree with that. Because there, S- there's speaking not... Speaking ill against God, yeah. speaking...
0: There's and not... I, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, and I would just say, I think there's probably, to a certain extent, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain and things like that would probably yeah. fall under this Lasterly, as well. So definitely. it's just... Um, uh, but, yeah, I think there's. I think there's... Well, the way I'm going to describe it is... Let's go back at the verse that we just, what we were talking about, where the Pharisees see uh, Jesus drive out a demon, and they go, Satan is driving out Satan. And that's when Jesus says, no, <laughs> house divided can't stand. So basically, it's, there's this element of what you see should be very clear that it was an act of God, something that God did, and then, and then. Attributing it to Satan, attributing it to anything but God being God, I think is is blasphemy as well. So,
0: yeah. So with that in mind, Mm -hmm. it says, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. Mm -hmm. I think this is a helpful verse when it comes to trying to wrap our heads around what grace and salvation is actually all about. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's very easy to say... Oh, Jesus died for your sins, but I'm such a good person that he didn't really have to. I could have earned my way there. Um, mm. But when Jesus frames it, especially in light of what we talked about last episode with these religious leaders of their country and of their religion uh, tell Jesus that he's essentially a Satanist, that qualifies as blasphemy considering who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Even that um, sort of stuff will be forgiven. And it seems so in this context like, oh, yeah, sure, of course they will be. Let's get to the real point. Mm -hmm. Like, of course your sins are going to be forgiven and your blasphemies. Um, But I think that it shows a very good look at how humble God is, that he will even put up with your blasphemies. Because sins are obviously things that God does not want us to do. They are things that are against him. Mm-hmm. Like David says, you know, against you, O God, and you alone have I sinned. Like my, my actions that are wrong and are um, grievous to you are against you. He's even separating the sin and the blasphemy. Um, like what you do and what you say and what you think, all of that will be forgiven. Except for this one thing. And if I didn't know what the rest of this verse said, I don't think this would be the one I would pick. Like if you told me all sins and blasphemies will be forgiven except for one, I don't think oh, blaspheming against spirit against the spirit, clearly. Mm -hmm. That's like I don't think that would make my top ten. And I wonder if that is partially because of when and where I grew up and the Holy Spirit was kind of just like that weird, like third part of the Trinity that we didn't really talk much about. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, it was like, Oh, Pentecostals. Yeah. the Holy spirit must be kind of crazy. Um, in my experience growing up. Um, so I just, I find it interesting that of all the thing of all the blasphemies or sins that won't be forgiven. Blaspheming against the spirit is the one that Jesus says. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that?
1: Um, well i guess um this was this was one of those things that for me um pretty early on as a christian i ran across the blasphemy of the holy spirit and it just freaked me out to no end because i didn't want to be guilty of the unforgivable sin and so um you know i I, I don't remember the timeline. I don't, I just know that fairly is a fairly new Christian, fairly young Christian. Um, I came across this and and I was worried about it. And so I started asking people, you know, what is blasphemy against the spirit? And, um, basically I was given two sorts of, uh, I believe wisdom that I believe are accurate. Um, one and And this is I think has held up true as I've researched it uh, over time is that uh if you're worried about for if you're worried about committing the unforgivable forgivable sin, then you've probably not done it and that is kind of the across the board what I've run across that uh because in my opinion what what blessed me against the spirit is is basically denying that God is God and that Jesus is God and that Jesus died. To me, that's the that is what I have come to understand the unforgivable sin to be, is that, well, I don't I don't acknowledge that God is who He says He is.
0: Well, that raises some interesting questions, Dave. It does it. Yeah, I feel like it begs a few questions. Mm, okay, so you're saying if you refuse to acknowledge who God is and who Jesus is, that that is the unforgivable sin. But what about the people that were? atheists or agnostics or muslims or buddhists or what have you and grew up saying Christianity's a joke you know my religion is right and then at some point in their life decide nope got it wrong jesus is who he says he was god is who he says he was and then gets saved and becomes a follower of christ how does that work
1: in terms of like well how does it become forgivable now? Yeah, if all of a said- sudden that it's
0: like unforgivable is unforgivable. It's not like mm-hmm. unforgivable except for Tuesdays. Like it's that's that's a pretty strong blanket statement about right. something. Um so I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what you mean because it seems to me that there are plenty of people that have at one point in their life decided that God and Jesus and Christianity was a bunch of bull crap. Mm -hmm. And then later in their life it said, Oh, you know what? That seems to be pretty good. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that.
1: Yeah. And, um, and I guess that's, um, it's basically you, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a good answer for the the question. (laughs) It's not it's not any sin against the Holy Spirit that is unforgivable. Um you know, because we talked about like I mean I guess a good example would be um would be Paul. I mean there's
0: yeah, that's a I mean that's a, a great biblical example of someone who was doing some pretty gnarly stuff who who changed course immediately. And and
1: you know, so he um You know, he didn't just, um, you know, he was a Pharisee. He was somebody saying that Jesus isn't who he says he is. And then basically denying that God is who he is and that he could do those things. Um, And so ultimately, I guess what it boils down to for me is that you have died. uh, Your life is over. And you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that is what this is talking about in terms of the like unforgivable sin. In terms of you died, not acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so, if you do come to that point in your life, um, then uh, you've not blasphemed the Holy Spirit, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and so it's forgiven. So it's, it's sort of a, you know, if you die as a non-Christian or not believing, then that is what the unforgivable sin is, because you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to be saved. Hmm. So what's, what, what's your take on it?
0: Well, Dave, my take on it is to reference someone smarter than I am. Um. <laughs> And so I found an article by John Piper, of all people, Mm -hmm. uh, on his Desiring God website, and we'll link to this in the show notes. And he makes a few points that I believe are very good points, so I'm going to share them with you. All right. He uh, says that when we're discussing this passage, obviously we need to take in the context of what we're talking about. And I feel like we've done a good job of that up to this point. Uh, But he um, provides a a good insight here that I did not think of. He's speaking of um, the Pharisees back when they accused Jesus of casting Satan out by Satan. He says, when the Pharisees see the work of the Holy Spirit and call it the work of Satan, they are at least on the brink of this unforgivable sin. And so that to me is a great picture of what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. When you see the work of the Holy Spirit in the world, whether it's Jesus performing miracles or, people being saved or what have you, and you look at it and go, that's the work of Satan. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty strong and, uh, understandable picture of what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Cause you can apply that to all sorts of stuff. You can, uh, you know, look at a painting by MC Escher and go, Oh, that's some other painter that I can't think of right now because I'm not cultured. Uh, Van Gogh. <laughs> you would never make that mistake because their painting styles are totally different, right? Mm. Escher was all this like uh surrealistic uh impossible physics type, you know, puzzles and crazy melting clocks and Van Gogh was was he an expressionist? I Van I have Starry Night. I like Joe. that photo. He cut his ear off. He was Yeah. Yeah, Starry Night. We'll put it in the show notes.
1: Impressionist, is that what you said? Yeah. I guess I don't know.
0: And neither do I. But the point is, you would never confuse a Van Gogh painting in an right. M.C. Escher painting. And anyone who went into a museum and said, "That's not an M.C. Escher painting. That's a Vincent Van Gogh painting," would everyone be like, "All right, dude, you can go back to wherever you mm-hmm. came from," because clearly you don't. You're not seeing what's what's really here. And so that same applies to if if you see the work of the Holy Spirit and then say that's Satan, that's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Like you're done. Game mm-hmm. over. Um, And so skipping down in the article, he raises the question, why does this particular sin make repentance impossible? Which is, I believe what you were getting to um, earlier. And it says, um, what about blasphemy against the son of God or God, the father or angels or scripture or the church? Like what, why, why aren't those unforgivable? Why just the Holy spirit? Um, He said, I think it's because of the unique and decisive role the Holy spirit plays in our salvation. If we look to God the Father and then turn from His glory to embrace sin, that's bad. If we look to His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent into the world and then turn away from His glory to embrace sin, that's doubly bad. But in either case, there's still hope. The Father has planned redemption and the Son has accomplished redemption. This wonderful redemption is outside ourselves and available to us if we repent of our sin and turn back to Christ in faith. But it is the unique and special role of the Holy Spirit to apply the Father's plan and the Son's accomplishment of it to our hearts. It is the Spirit's work to open our eyes, to grant repentance, and to make us beneficiaries of all that the Father has planned and all that Christ has done for us if we blaspheme and reject the father and son, there's still hope for the spirit may yet work within us to humble us and bring us to repentance. But if behind the father and the son, we see and taste the power of the Holy spirit and reject his works as no more precious than the work of Satan. We shut ourselves off from the only one who could ever bring us to repentance. And we shut ourselves off from forgiveness. That seems to make a lot of sense to me as to why this is the one unforgivable sin and that it you, in committing it, you entrap yourself to never being able to get out of it.
1: Sure. So. <laughs> sure. So my question is, is if, so let's say a miracle happens at a church that we don't agree with. And that miracle happens and we go, yeah, that's not of God. There are a bunch of. Snake charmers. Snake, snake charmers. They're whatever you you know, they're not like us. And I don't think that they are a godly church. They're well, it's they're a cult. We'll call them a cult. And it and it is a miracle from God. Are we, are we blasphemy the Holy Spirit? Or are we I think this this
0: relies heavily upon context? Like I get what you're saying, mm. but I feel like Practically and, th- and theoretically, this question is very different based on the two realms. Mm-hmm. Like Theoretically, could God perform a miracle in a cultist church that's doing a bunch of stuff that goes against him? Sure. Would he ever actually do that? I don't know. And so I, I feel like if I was going to answer your question, which I'm totally going to cop out and not do... Um, I would want a real life example of. Here's this cult in this city, and this person was blind and lame, and now they walk again. Because then that would force me to come to a conclusion. But like theoretically, okay. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. My
1: daughter went to a church today.
0: Okay. And at yeah. The here end, here and we go. And
1: at the end of their at the end of their service or at the end of their worship time, the person who's doing prayer speaks in tongues and I'm skeptical as to why that person is speaking in tongues. But when it's all said and done, I get to heaven and I find out, no, the Holy spirit was working in that person. And I said, that was not, that was that person doing it for their own benefit and to bring attention to them. Have I blasphemed the Holy spirit?
0: (laughs) No, here's, here's my initial reaction. You have not blasphemed the Holy spirit because, one, you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. You are already saved. The Holy Spirit is working in your life. You mm-hmm. are not... You you can't... I don't think you can blaspheme and then still be buddy-buddy. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if if you or I went up to our respective wives and said, you are not my wife, you are Satan. Mm-hmm. And then you did everything you could not to do it. Like That would... You can't then be like, hey, you want to go... Like, that's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) You know? So I I think that there's a difference between blaspheming the Holy Spirit and... Because you didn't come out and say, the God speaking in tongues is worshiping Satan. Mm -hmm. You just said, I'm not so sure that that's edifying to God, Mm -hmm. which to me is a very different approach because you're concerned about what is true and you're concerned that God is being respected and you're concerned that scripture is being honored. Right. And so I think that your concern is not that this guy's the devil. It's, I'm just not so sure that he's 100% correct. Right. And I think that that is different in nature and in approach Than someone saying, oh, you're casting out demons by the devil. Mm -hmm. Because what you're saying makes sense. Like, I know scripture. I am skeptical of the emotionalistic aspect that certain Pentecostal congregations Mm -hmm. can require of their congregants. Otherwise, you're not saved. That, to me, is a much more nuanced and... Um, scripture-intensive conversation than just saying, that's wrong, you're the devil, which you're not saying. Yes. So, no, I I do not think in that situation where you are doubting the person's genuineness that you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit, I think the Spirit is calling you to say, this is a touchy subject, you need to walk carefully here. Yeah.
1: And I I guess, well, I've said I guess way too much today, and I'm going to try to quit doing that. Uh, first, I want to say I'm not associating speaking in tongues with not being a Christian or not being oh, of godly or spiritual. That I was get just that. That I, was just yeah. the example that I happened to give that should I go and see that and question it, and it is of God in my blasphemy. And I, the second thing is, so first thing, speaking in tongues, biblical, I believe it happens. I believe it has its place. Would I question some of the things that I've experienced with that? Absolutely. Does it possible that I am wrong? Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I gave the example. What I do believe is that, much like you said, I am I'm speaking out of ignorance, if it is actually what it is, and I don't know it, and I don't recognize that, versus I know that is the Holy Spirit moving and i'm speaking against it and i genuinely That's believe a good point. and i genuinely believe that that is what is going on with the pharisees and what they're seeing with jesus driving out the demon i believe that they are seeing god work they know that god is working and they are choosing to say that is the work of satan and 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 I guess that's even kind of what I guess what I was talking about earlier that I wasn't really articulating very well because I was I think I was making it too too broad in terms of salvation and not salvation it's if you know god is working in your life god is working in somebody and you recognize it as wow that's that's the holy spirit uh but in my stubbornness I'm going to say nope not the holy spirit I'm going to deny it then there's just this sense of, I mean, in the most extreme sense of of uh, our relationship with God and forgiveness and non forgiveness. I am choosing to elevate myself above God and what I know to believe be true about Him.
0: And that's the crux right there is because when we now when when we are faced with something that fundamentally changes what we believe about the world or what our experience says. Mm-hmm. we're not going to change, right? And so when the Pharisees, who are intelligent, well-read, I mean, they are the guys that know it all. And mm-hmm. when this Messiah character comes in, or this guy who comes in and claiming to be the Messiah, doesn't fit what they think he should fit, but yet they see what he's doing, their option is... Throw away everything that they've learned Mm -hmm. and follow the change or stick with everything that they've learned, reject the change and say, oh, well, clearly it's Satan casting out Satan, even though that does not make logical sense. And Jesus debunked it in about 20 seconds, right? Yeah. But that does not stop with the Pharisees. That translates to people today, right? People who... Like me or you or anybody, I mean, this is not this is not a us versus them. This is a we are all people. Mm-hmm. You who are listening are a people. We do not like someone else to come into our lives and tell us what to do. No,
1: no, not at all. It, you know, it's it, it's really interesting. Um, there's a I'm doing an online deal. It's called thinking. 101 and welcome to your brain this is how you use it <laughs> thinking 101 well and i i you know honestly it, it it has a bigger context of um the job i do and a lot of things that are going on in police work right now in terms of people being shot that shouldn't be shot and and things like that and One of the things that I am, what I'm trying to figure out and I'm trying to process, and this is more than you all as a listeners probably care to hear about, but is I'm trying to understand how our brain works and that, um, I think there's this, there's an element of, uh, we're being trained to believe one thing in a certain set of rules. And I think what you're seeing is, is I think you're seeing police officers react in that paradigm, that lens that they view the world through. And it's, we need to change that lens. We need to change the way we think because we're responding to the training and the things that we've been taught and that we've been given. Um, Plus, I just, I think there's a genuine, just sort of, um, you've got to make split second, you know, decisions and that sort of thing. So all of that aside, this class this week, uh, one of the things that they talked about is that um, human beings can be given overwhelming evidence about something. And if you don't believe, if you have a strong set of beliefs that contradicts what the overwhelming evidence points to, you are going to stick to your beliefs. You are not going to be uh, swayed by the evidence, which, uh, you know, even in, in our faith and apologetics and all that has all sorts
0: of ramifications uh, for it. Well, but when you say it like that, it seems ridiculous, right? It does seem ridiculous. But when you're put in that position, Mm-hmm. You're just like, no, nah, screw the evidence. Like I'm gonna go with what my gut says. Yeah. You know, and 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 hopefully your guts can lead you in the right direction, and the spirit's gonna guide you. But that that is such a common situation. Mm-hmm. No, the sky's still red. Like yeah. I don't care what you say. I don't care what photos you show me. They've all been photoshopped. I know what I see, and the sky is red. And there's nothing you can do or say that's gonna change my mind. Yeah.
1: Well, in, in this particular study, what they ask is, is what's better, learning in a small, a small a classroom with a small number of students or learning in a classroom with a large number of students?
0: I say it depends on the topic, but I'll go with small.
1: Yeah, overwhelmingly people say small. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, my daughter's looking at colleges, and one of the things that they tout is, um, you know, or even just studying inner city and, and, and education as a whole. One of the things that has been this this kind of, general belief is, is that a small student to teacher ratio is better than a large student to teacher ratio. And, uh, research has studied, there's equal number of studies that show, you know, one way there's an equal number that show the other way. And then there's an equal number that's kind of say, there's no difference either way.
0: Well, but
1: well, if you're... you ask people, even with presenting them that evidence, they'll ultimately say, given the choice of being in a classroom of three hundred people. Or 30 people, I'm going to choose the class of being in 30, the class with 30 people, even though you can provide all this evidence for me. And again, there's, we have a belief that something is better than we're going to choose that, even though evidence may show us otherwise.
0: Well, and, and our definition of better is so screwed up. That's true too. I mean, you just, we haven't talked about this in a while but you look at how much money the porn industry makes that's because people view that as better than the alternative joining Ashley Madison <laughs> <laughs> Oh that was definitely not too soon that was well timed no but like when when the overwhelming and I'm, I don't have a study to cite. Now, my to. question
1: is, are we going to put a link to Ashley? No. <laughs> is that website even still up? They, they claim that they have 4 million new members since the...
0: Uh... Oh, my God. And they're all robotic women. <laughs> um, but what I'm trying to say is that if you look at what the shows that I watch, the magazines that I see, this, this idea of a lifelong monogamous relationship seems so archaic. And so ridiculous. Um, Like, I watch a TV show called The League, which is about this group of uh, guys and one girl that are horrible people. They're terrible people in the Chicago area. And it's all about their fantasy football league. And they all, you know, brag about who's sleeping with who and... You know, this guy lost his virginity in high school to this girl and this guy's mom's car. The show is hysterical, but they're horrible human beings, right? And when we're presented with a lifelong monogamous relationship with, you know, in our case, Dave, a wife. Mm -hmm. Well, my wife and your wife, not (laughs) a singular (laughs) wife. (sighs) Um, (laughs) That does not seem... Better in the eyes of America than uh, adultery, pornography, um, multiple sexual partners, whatever. Like when presented with what God says is better, which is a marriage, we often choose what we think is better, which is a number of other possibilities that don't usually work out too well. True. So I I I I just we're not good at picking what's better for ourselves. No. Definitely not. I am not better at picking what is better for myself. <laughs> That's what I will say. So anyways. I don't know where that leaves us. We don't have any show notes to guide me, Dave. I'm like I'm like a ship without a rudder.
1: Well, I think we've done a good job of, of addressing the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so we're on to uh, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come.
0: So don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit is what you're telling me? absolutely. That seems pretty clear at this point. It does seem pretty clear. All right, so what do we tell somebody who uh, is listening to this podcast um but is doubting the truth of scripture how do we or should i say what do we tell them um about this passage and about who god is that they can walk away and say you know what i'm still skeptical but i'm not putting myself in the position of blaspheming the holy spirit i
1: uh, you know i I guess one of the things I'm gonna come back to is, um, you know, you look at somebody like Paul, uh, who is, you know, an author of, I don't even know how many books in the new Testament he
0: authored. Nobody does. It's a topic of great debate, Dave. Yes. So,
1: but he wrote majority of, uh, the letters to.
0: Yes. We can settle on some, <laughs> he wrote, on, <laughs> he,
1: he wrote some, he wrote some, um, And, you know, his testimony is in the book of Acts and, uh, you know, here is somebody who, um, you know, God calls him out on it. He's like, why are you persecuting me? You know, what is this? And then when he is confronted with the truth, um, you know, he repents, which again, I I, I do, you know, the the meaning of repent is to do a 180. It's to turn our direction and and turn from our sin and, and go the other way. And so... Um, that would be the case. Uh, I think you look at Peter, um, who, wa- who was a follower of Jesus, who knew Jesus, um, was in the, the inner circle of the closest people to uh, experience life with him. And when the opportunity came for him to stick up for Jesus, or not even so much stick up for Jesus, just to acknowledge that he was Jesus'
0: friend, just to say yes, yes,
1: yes, I know, <laughs> yes, I know Jesus. We hung out once. Um, you know, in that, um, just, I, I can't even fathom being that, you know, and then Jesus, uh, redeems him by, you know, again, asking him three times, do you love me? And, uh, tells him to feed his sheep. And, uh, basically the, you know, Peter, his nickname means the rock. And there is that element of, uh, he, you know, you're the rock that the church is built on, and you're the foundation. And well, Jesus, no, Jesus is the cornerstone.
0: So, anyway, oh, but you build foundation <laughs> off the foundation. Is it bad that every time we mention Peter, I think of the rock, the wrestler slash actor?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you're all right. I don't okay. think that's blasphemy. The Dwayne Johnson.
0: Um, for those listeners that don't know, um, where the uh, Saul conversion story is, or that Peter story will link to both of those in the show notes as well, because those are both very interesting stories that we do not have time to get into the details of, but you should definitely read because they are very cool and incredible. Um, yeah. I, uh, I think that those two examples are, are great um, because they are accessible and people can relate to them. Um, to some degree. I think that um, what people listening to the podcast now that that are doubting the Bible or Christianity should know is that it's okay. Doubting is not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Doubting is engaging with right. what you think and what you feel, and what you experience, and trying to reconcile Yes, what Scripture says to what your life tells you. That's a good thing. I think I can speak for myself and probably for Dave in that we doubt certain things regularly because the world we live in is so messed up and so full of, you know, people that don't know how to live life or don't know what to live life for that you have to deal with stuff like the attacks in Paris and the Oklahoma city bombing and, I mean, this, some of the stuff that you see, Dave, I have to imagine you just think this is completely senseless. Mm-hmm. Like, why? There's no there's no good explanation. No matter what this person could tell me, there's no reason why this was a, a good idea to do.
1: Like a 16-year-old stabbing his
0: grandmother to death last Seriously, night. Seriously? Why did you just ruin my life? <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. But. That was a chance for you to say yes, Dave. Yes. And not go into <laughs> detail that's going to ruin everyone's day
1: yeah that's the way my day started, so i'll share that was today. that was last night today yeah. oh
0: sweet Lord in heaven oh so my
1: god. um but yeah and the and the thing is is I mean God can forgive that sixteen year old i mean he's he is a big god what and the, an awesome guy. I don't want him to though
0: what the <laughs> heck
1: um uh. well, and I think the other thing too that I, a lot of times it causes the doubt is the um the narrow the narrow experiences that most of us have. You know, I I, I truly think being a Christian in 21st century America has got to be one of the toughest times and places to stay true to your faith. Um it's it's almost like it's too easy to know Jesus. Too easy to
0: um oh, there's uh, so many things we could say about that, Dave. Yeah.
1: And and I we've we've touched on a lot, but but again, I think there's you know, we we experience what other cultures or other people at other times have believed and experienced about Jesus. And it's so, it's foreign to us and to kind of think, well, how could anybody ever think that way? How could anybody ever believe that way? Um, but, you know, there's there's this, you know, our worldview is, is painted by our experience. And so um, we, we need to be challenged by that. Because even when we read the Bible and uh, we're hearing these things and it, it it's hard for us to even imagine what it was like to be a first century Jew. I mean, we can't even comprehend the culture that was going on there because we don't know it. We don't understand it. We don't live it. We didn't live it. And um, so again, doubting and having questions and then even experiencing new things and kind of initially kind of doing this whole, well, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that's Christian. And then as you maybe study it more or experience it more, um, you begin to go, okay, I can I I can accept that I can um, embrace that as something that is Christian, is you know, falls under what is allowable for God, or maybe not even allowable. It's better than what I believe. Using that word better again.
0: Better. Better. It's a good word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, I believe that leads us to what people call, Dave, the end. Well, they don't call you that. That was a people call, comma, Dave, comma, the end. <laughs> that was a poorly phrased sentence. I'm really disappointed in myself. That's quite all right. Oh, you're so kind. All right, <laughs> folks, that is a wrap. Episode 43 is in the bag, and you made it all the way to the end, almost things you should consider. Not worrying about making a new year's resolution cuz we know you're not going to stick to it. Is that is that mean of me to say? I hate
1: new year's resolutions. I think they're
0: silly. So Second thing you should consider. New year's is just another night. It's always disappointing. <laughs> I, we're ending on a high note here, yeah, are we I know, not? We're depressing. Third Anymore, thing I'm... you consider, you should consider. Jesus loves you so much that he died on the cross for your sins. Fourth thing to consider. Michigan plays Florida at 11 a.m. Central on January 1st. I expect you all to watch the game and root for Michigan. Hmm. Dave, come on, pretty please.
1: Root for Michigan? Yeah. Didn't we beat them in a bowl game in the last couple of years?
0: No. Oh, that was, yeah, two years ago. It was rough. Ago. Our starting quarterback <laughs> was hurt, and then our freshman uh, got... excuses, excuses. No, Excuses. No, 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 no. You guys won. <laughs> Trust me. You guys won. That was. I remember watching that with other K-State fans, and it was Painful, but no one listening cares. No. So I'm going to go on to my fourth thing that you should consider. Have a lovely day. Yes. And sixth thing you should consider go to (laughs) masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 43 and check out all of the fun and glorious, artisanally crafted show notes that I will have prepared for you upon your listening. All right. Well, Shall we bid our listeners adieu, Dave? Yes. Goodbye. Uh, Bonsoir.